Praise the Lord, everyone. Praise the Lord. This is Minister McMillan. I'm hoping that everyone here today is enjoying their day and enjoying their time with Father. Whether it's raining or snowing or sunny, it's still a blessed day. These are the things that God has brought to your area so that you will have what you need. So let's give God some praise this day. Let's give God some praise this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Father, we give you the praise and honor and glory right now. Hallelujah, 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 Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Lord, Lord, we praise your holy name. Lord, we praise your holy name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, oh Lord, Lord, we praise your name, Lord, we praise your name, Lord, we praise your name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we give you the praise and honor and glory. And we ask, Lord, that you be with us today in this word, guiding us and teaching us. And we thank you, Lord, for all these things. In Jesus' name, Yeshua Mashiach. Amen. Amen, everyone. Today, we're going to be reading in Acts 21. So let's get started. After we had torn ourselves away from them, we put out to sea and sailed straight to Kos. The next day, we went to Rhodes and from there to Patras. We found the ship crossing over to Phenosia, where uh, went on board and set sail. And after sighting Cyprus and passing the south of it, we sailed on to Syria. We landed at Tyre, where our ships was to unload its cargo. Finding the disciples there, we stayed with them seven days. Through the Spirit, they urged Paul not to go on to Jerusalem. But when our time was up, he left and continued on our way. 
all the disciples and their wives and children accompanying us out of the city. And there on the beach we knelt to pray. And after saying goodbye to each other, we went aboard the ship and they returned home. We continued our voyage from Tyre and landed at Palomius, where we greeted the brothers and stayed with them for a day. Leaving the next day, we reached Caesarea and stayed at the house of Philip, the evangelist, one of the seven he had uh, he had four unmarried daughters who prophesied. Now, you know, it's very important that they mention this. Um, the people want to be close to God. And one of the things God always says is to uh, strip yourself of uh, things of the flesh and to wash and purify yourself. Um, and the reason for them mentioning that these women who were prophecies, these daughters, uh, because they are unmarried, and so they haven't been touched. They are pure. Um, they are clean. Um, and so for that reason, these are women who have connections. Um, with God. Um, not to say that you can't have connections with God today because, you know, you have a relationship uh, with your husband. However, you have to go through, um, you have to go through a purification, a washing, so to speak, before you go to God. And this is with anything, really. Okay. Um, after we had been there a number of days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. Uh, coming over to us, he took Paul's belt and tied his own hands and feet with it and said, The Holy Spirit says, In this way, the Jews of Jerusalem will bind, will bind your feet with it. And said, the Holy Spirit says, it in this way, the Jews of Jerusalem will bind the owner of this belt and will hand him over to the Gentiles. And when we heard this, we and the people there pleaded with Paul not to go up to Jerusalem. And then Paul answered, why are you weeping and breaking my heart? I am ready not only to be bound but also to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. And when he would not be dissuaded, we gave up and said, The Lord's will be done. And after this, we got ready and went up to Jerusalem. Some of the disciples from Kassara accompanied us and brought us to the home of man. Manison, where we were to stay. And he was a man from Cyprus and one of the early disciples. 
Now, when we arrived at Jerusalem, the brothers received us warmly. And the next day, Paul and the rest of us went to see James and all the elders were present. Now, Paul greeted them and reported in detail what God had done amongst the Gentiles through his ministry. Now, Paul was ready. He already knew his time was winding down. And uh, he knew the direction that he was headed. So for his disciples to beg him uh, not to do this, not to go there, you know, that was like the devil speaking to him, you know, uh, trying to uh, give him fear. Um, when you're giving a direction by God to go, there's no turning back, even if you want to turn back. You know, if you're going to be obedient to him, then you have to go forward. No matter what the situation. When they heard this, they praised God. And then they said to Paul, You see, brother, how many thousands of Jews have believed? And all of them are zealous for the Lord. And they have been informed that you teach all the Jews who live among the Gentiles to turn away from Moses, telling them not to circumcise their children or live according to our customs. What shall we do? They will certainly hear that you have come. So do what you, uh, so do what we tell you. There are four men with us who have made a vow. And uh, take these men and join in their purification and pay their expenses so that they can have their heads shaved. Then everybody will know there is no truth in these reports about you, but that you yourself are living in obedience to the Lord. And as for the Gentile believers, we have written to them our decisions that they should abstain from food sacrifices to idols, from blood, and from the meat of strangled animals, and from sexual immorality. And the next day, Paul took the men and purified himself along with them, and then he went to the temple to have uh, to give notice of the date when the day of purification would end and the offering would be made for each of them. Now, when the seven days were nearly over, some Jews from the province of Asia saw Paul at the temple, and they stirred up the whole crowd and seized him, and shouting, Man of Israel, help us. This is the man who teaches all men uh, everywhere against our people and our Lord and this place. And besides, he has brought Greeks into the temple area. And defiled this holy place. And they had previously seen Trophimus, uh, the Ephesian in the city with Paul, and assumed that Paul had brought him into the temple area. Now the whole city was aroused and the people came running from all directions, seizing Paul. They dragged him from the temple, and, Im and immediately the gates were shut. 
And while they were trying to kill him, news reached the commander of the Roman uh, troops that the whole city of Jerusalem was in an uproar. And he at once took some officers and soldiers and ran down to the crowd. And when the riot saw and when the rioters saw the commander and his soldiers, they stopped beating Paul. The commander came up and arrested him and ordered him to be bound with two chains. And then he asked who he was and what he had done. Some of the crowd shouted one thing and some another, and since the commander could not get uh, at the troop because of the uproar, he ordered that Paul be taken into the barracks. Now, when Paul reached the steps, the violence of the mob was so great, he had to, he had to be carried by soldiers. And the crowd that followed kept shouting, away with him. Now, you see, these people still haven't learned much. They're still doing the same thing they were doing when they killed, when they, uh, when they murdered Christ. This is a spirit, and it's, it's, uses the body of man, and it goes from one to another, and it spreads. Even today, you see this, um, it's spreading. And out of fear, people um, fall into line with it. Okay, uh, <clears throat> as the soldiers were about to take Paul into the barracks, he asked the commander, May I say something to you? Do you speak Greek, he replied. Aren't you the uh, Egyptian who started a revolt and led 4,000 terrorists out into the desert some time ago? Paul answered, I am a Jew from Tarkas in Silica, a citizen of no ordinary city. Please let me speak to the people. Having received the commander's permission, Paul stood on the steps and motioned to the crowd. And when they were all silent, he said to them in Aramaic, Brothers and fathers, listen now to my defense. When they heard him speak to them in Aramaic, they became very quiet. Then Paul said, I am a Jew born in Tarkas of Cilicia, but brought up in this city under Gamamil, uh, and I was thoroughly trained in the law of our fathers, and was just as zealous for God as any of you are today. I persecuted the followers of the way to their death, arresting both men and women and throwing them into prison as also the high priest and all the council can testify. I even obtained letters from them to their brothers in Damascus and went there to bring these people as prisoners to Jerusalem to be punished. About noon, as I came near Damascus, suddenly a bright light from heaven flashed around me, and I fell to the ground and heard a voice say to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? 
Now, I just want to pause here for a second because whenever you're in the spiritual realm or entering the spiritual realm, many people will tell you there's always this bright light. So immediately you know that you are in the glory of God. Okay? Afternoon... Um, about noon, as I came near to Damascus, suddenly a bright light from heaven flashed around me, and I fell to the ground and heard a voice say to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? I asked. I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting, he replied. My companions saw the light, but they did not consist, but they did not understand the voice of him who was speaking to me. What shall I do, Lord, I asked. Get up, the Lord said, and go into Damascus, and there you will be told all that you have been assigned to do. My companions led me by hand into Damascus because the brilliance of the light had blinded me. A man named Ananias came to see me, and he was a convert. He was a devout observer of the law and highly respected by all the Jews living there. He stood beside me and said, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that very moment, I was able to see him. Then he said, The Lord of our Father has chosen you to know his will and to see the righteous one, and to hear the word from his mouth. You will be his witness to all men of what you have seen and heard. Now see, he's receiving his orders now. He's being told what his function is. And now, what are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized and wash your sins away, calling on his name. And when I return to Jerusalem... And was praying at the temple, I fell into a trance and saw the Lord speaking. Quick, he said to me, leave Jerusalem immediately, because they will not accept your testimony about me. Lord, I replied, these men know that I went from the synagogue to another to imprison and beat those who believe in you. And when the blood of your martyr Stephen was shed, I stood there giving my approval and guarding the clothes of those who were killing him. Then the Lord said to me, Go, I will send you far away from the Gentiles. I will send you far away to the Gentiles. Sorry. The crowd listened to Paul until he said this. Then they raised their voices and shouted, Rid the earth of him. He's not fit to live. As they were shouting and throwing off their cloaks and flinging dust into the air, the commander ordered Paul to be taken into the barracks, and he directed that he be flogged and questioned in order to find out why the people were shouting at him like this. As they stretched out him uh, to be flogged, 
Paul said to the Citron standing there, Is it legal for you to flog a Roman citizen who hasn't even been found guilty? And when the Citron heard this, uh, he went to the commander and reported it. What are you going to do, he asked. This man is a Roman citizen. The commander went to Paul and asked, Tell me, are you a Roman citizen? Yes, I am, he answered. Then the commander said, I had to pay a big price for my citizenship, but I was born a citizen, Paul replied. Those who were about to question him withdrew immediately. The commander himself was alarmed when he realized that he had put Paul, a Roman citizen, in chains. Yes, that could have been his death at that point in time. Because Roman citizens, you had to get um, special consent to do anything to them. They were under Roman law. So um, <laughs> the fact that he was getting ready to flog this man who was a Roman citizen was um, uh, pretty much um, detrimental to him and anyone else who was standing by allowing it to happen. Okay. The next day, since the commander wanted to find out exactly why Paul was being accused of, uh, by the Jews, he released him and ordered the chief priest and all the Sanhedrin to assemble. And then he brought Paul and had him uh, stand before them. Now, Paul looked straight at the Sanhedrin and said, My brothers, I have fulfilled my duty to God in all good conscience to this day. At this time, the high priest Ananias ordered those standing near Paul to strike him on the mouth. And then Paul said to him, God will strike you, you whitewashed wall. You sat there to judge me according to the law, yet you yourself violated the law by, by commanding that I be struck. Those who were standing near Paul said, You dare to insult God's high priest? Paul replied, Brothers, I did not realize that he was a high priest, for it is written, Do not speak evil about the ruler of your people. And then Paul, knowing that some of them were Sanhedrins and the others Pharisees, called out in the Sanhedrin, My brothers, I am a Pharisee, the son of a Pharisee, called out in the Sanhedrin. My brothers, I am a Pharisee, the son of a Pharisee, and I stand on trial because of my hopes in the resurrection of the dead. And when he said this, a dispute broke out between the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and the assembly was divided. Now the Sadducees say that there is no resurrection and that there are neither angels nor spirits, but the Pharisees acknowledged them all. Now there was a great uproar and some of the teachers of the law who were Pharisees stood up and argued vigorously. We found nothing wrong with this man, they said. What if a spirit or an angel had spoken to him? The dispute became so violent that the commander was afraid Paul would be torn to pieces by them. He ordered the troops to go down and take him away from them by force and bring him into the barracks. 
The following night, the Lord stood near Paul and said, Take courage, as you have testified about me in Jerusalem, so you must also testify in Rome. So the next morning, the Jews formed a conspiracy and bound themselves with an involved bound themselves with an oath not to eat or drink until they had killed Paul. More than 40 men were involved in this plot. And they went to the chief priests and the elders and said, we have taken a solemn oath not to eat anything until we have killed Paul. Now then, you and the Sanhedrin petitioned the commanders to bring him before you on the pretext of wanting more accurate information about his case. And we are ready to kill him before he gets there, before he gets here. But when the sons of Paul's sister, when the son of Paul's sister heard of this plot, he went into the barracks and told Paul, Then Paul called one of the citrons and said, Take this young man to the commander. He has something to tell him. So he took him to the commander. The citron said, Paul the prisoner sent for me and asked me to bring this young man to you because he has something to tell you. The commander took the young man by the hand and drew him aside and asked, What is it you want to tell me? And he said, The Jews have agreed to ask you to bring Paul before the Sanhedrin tomorrow on the pretext of wanting more accurate information about him. Don't give in to them because more for the 40, because more than 40 of them are waiting to ambush for him. And they have taken an oath not to eat or drink until they have killed him. They are ready now, waiting for your consent to be uh, to their request. Now the commander dismissed the young man and cautioned him, don't tell anyone that you have reported this to me. And then he called two of his citrons and ordered them, get ready a detachment of 200 soldiers, 70 horsemen and 200 spearmen to go to Kassara at night tonight. Provide mounts for Paul so that they may be taken safely to Governor Felix. He wrote a letter as follows. Cordius Laris, Lassia, to the excellence to his excellency, Governor Felix. This man was seized by the Jews and they were about to kill him, but I came with my troops and rescued him, for I had learned that he is a Roman citizen. I want to know why they were accusing him, so I brought him to their Sanhedrin, and I found that the accusation had to do with questions about their law, but there was no charge against him that deserved death or imprisonment. And when I found it, and when I formed, and when I was informed of a plot to be carried out against the man, I sent him to you at once. I also ordered 
his accusers to present to you their cause against him. So the soldiers carried out their orders and took Paul with them during the night and brought him as far as Antipatris. The next day they left the Calvary. They let the Calvary go on with him while they returned to the barracks. And when the Calvary arrived in Kosovo, they delivered the letter to the governor and handed Paul over to him. And the governor read the letter and asked what province he was from, learning that he was from Cilicia. He said, I will hear your case when your accusers get here. And then he ordered Paul be kept on the guard in Herod's place. Five days later, the high priest Anias went down to Kosovo with some of the elders and uh, lawyers named Tortilius, and they brought their charges against Paul before the governor. And when Paul was called in, Tortilius presented his case before Felix. We have enjoyed a long period of peace under you and your and your foresight has brought about reform in this nation everywhere and in every way. Most excellent Felix. And we acknowledge this was uh, we acknowledge that this with profound gratitude. But in order not to worry you further, I would request that you be kind enough to hear us briefly. We have found this man to be troublemaker, stirring up riots amongst the Jews all over the world. He is a ringleader of the Nazarene sect and even tried to desecrate the temple, so we seized him. By examining him yourself, you will be able to learn the truth about all these charges we are bringing against him. And the Jews joined in the accusation, asserting that these things were true. And when the governor motioned for him to speak, Paul replied, I know that uh, for a number of years you have been a judge over this nation, so I gladly make my defense. You are easily, you can easily verify that no more than 12 days ago, I was up to Jerusalem to worship. My accusers did not find me arguing with anyone at the temple or stirring up a crowd in the synagogue or anywhere else in the city. And they cannot prove to you the charges they are now bringing against me. However, I admit that I worship the God of our fathers as a follower of the way, which I, which they call a set. I believe everything that, that agrees with the law and that is written in the prophets. And I have the same hope in God as these men that there will be a resurrection of both the righteous and the wicked. And so I strive always to keep my uh, conscience clear before God and man. And after an absence of several years, I came to Jerusalem to bring my people gifts for the poor and the present offerings. I was ceremonially clean when they found me in the temple courts doing this. 
and there was no crowd with me, nor was I involved in any disturbance. But there are some Jews from the province of Asia who ought to be here before you and bring charges if they have anything against me. Or these who are here should state what crime they found in me when I stood before the Sanhedrin, unless it was this one thing I shouted as I stood in their presence. It is concerning the resurrection of the dead that I am on trial before you today. Then Felix, who was well acquainted with the way, adjoined the proceedings. With Lassias, the commander comes, he said, I will decide your case. He ordered the citrons to keep Paul under guard, but to give him some freedom and permit his friends to take care of his needs. Now, several days later, Felix came with his wife, Drusilla, who was a Jewess, and he sent for Paul and listened to him as he spoke about the faith in Christ Jesus. And as Paul disclosed on righteousness and self-control and the judgment to come, Felix was afraid and said, That's enough for now. You may leave. When I found it convenient, I will send for you. When I find it convenient, I will send for you. And uh, at that same time, he was hoping that Paul would offer him a bribe. So he sent for him frequently and talked with him. And when two years had passed, uh, Felix was succeeded by Portius Thessus. Porcus Festus, but but became uh, Felix wanted to grant, but because Felix wanted to grant favor to the Jews, he left Paul in prison. Now, three days after arriving in the province, Festus went up from Corsica to Jerusalem, where the chief a priest and the Jewish leaders appeared before him and presented their charges against Paul. And they urged, and they urgently request Fetus as a favor of them to have Paul transferred to Jerusalem, for they were preparing an ambush to kill him along the way. And Fetus answered, Paul is being held at Kassara, and I myself am going there soon. Let some of your leaders come with me and press charges against the man there if he has done anything wrong. And after spending eight or ten days with them, he went down to Kassara, and the next day he convenienced the court and ordered that Paul be brought before him. Now when Paul appeared, the Jews who had come down from Jerusalem stood around him, bringing many uh, serious charges against him, which they could not prove. And then Paul made his defense. I have done nothing wrong against the law of the Jews or against the temple or against Caesar. That is wishing to do the Jews a favor, said to Paul. Are you willing to go up to Jerusalem and stand trial before me there on these charges? Paul answered, I am not standing 
before Caesar's court, where I ought to be tried. I have not done anything wrong to the Jews, as you yourself know very well. If, however, I am guilty of doing anything deserving death, I do not refuse to die. But if the charges brought against me by these Jews are not true, no one has the right to hand me over to them. I appeal to Caesar. After Fetus conferred with his counsel, he declared, You have appealed to Caesar, to Caesar you will go. And a few days later, King Agrippa and Bernice arrived at Cassera to pay their respects to Fetus. And since they had since they were spending many days there, Fetus discussed Paul's case with the king. And he said, There is a man here whom Felix left as a prisoner. And when I went to Jerusalem, the chief priests and the elders of the Jews were charged against him, asking that he be condemned. I told them that it is not the Roman custom to hand over any man before he has faced his his accusers and has the opportunity to defend himself against their charges. Now, when they came here with me, I did not delay the case, but but convened the court the next day and ordered the man to be brought in. And when his accusers got up to speak, they did not charge him with any of the crimes I had expected. Instead, they had some point of dispute with him about their own religion and about a dead man named Jesus, who Paul claimed was alive. And I was at the loss how to investigate such matters. So I asked if you would be willing to go to Jerusalem and stand trial there on these charges. And when Paul made his appeal to be heard over for the emperor's decision, I ordered him held until I could stand, uh, held until I could send him to Caesar. Then Agrippa said to Fetus, I would like to hear this man myself, he replied. Tomorrow you will hear him. So the next day, Agrippa and Bernice came with great pomp and entered the audience room with the high-ranking officers and leading men of the city at the command of Fetus Paul and was brought in. Now, Fetus said, King Agrippa and all who are present with us, you see this man. Now, the whole Jewish community has petitioned me about him in Jerusalem and here in Kosaka, shouting that he ought not to live any longer. And I found he had done nothing deserving of death. But because he made his appeal to the emperor, I decided to send him to Rome. Now, let's stop here for a second. What is the point of all that? If you find the man is not guilty, would you not just throw the case out and tell the people to go on? I mean, after all, you are the uh, you're the, the you're the governing control of the land right now. And those people were Jews 
the 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 uh, Pharisees and all them, they're going to have to listen to you regardless. They're not going to want to die. They're not going to fight you. So, why you know what is the point of that? Okay, um, let's move on. At this time, the commander Fetus Paul was brought in. Okay, um, let's go down a little bit. Twenty-five. Uh, I found he had done nothing deserving of death because he had his appeal to the emperor. I decided to send him to Rome, and I have nothing definite to write to his Majesty about him. Therefore, I have brought him before all of you, and especially before you, King Agrippa, so that as a result of his investigation, I may have something to write. For I think it is unreasonable to send on a prisoner without specifying the charges against him. So uh, then Agrippa said to Paul, you have permission to speak for yourself. So Paul mentioned with motion with his hand and began his defense. King Agrippa, I consider myself fortunate to stand before you today as I make my defense against all uh, against all the uh, accu- accusations of the Jews, especially so because you are well you are well acquainted with all the Jewish customs and controversies. Therefore, I beg you to listen to me patiently. The Jews all know the way I have lived ever since I was a child, but being of a child in my own country and also in Jerusalem, they have known me for a long time and can testify, if they are willing, the account to uh, that account according to the um, strictest sect of our religion. I lived as a Pharisee, and now it is because of my hope in what God has promised our fathers that I am on trial today. And this is the promise our 12 tribes are hoping to see fulfilled as they earnestly serve God day and night. O King, it is because of this hope that the Jews are accusing me. Why should any of you consider it incredible that God raised the dead? I too was convinced that I ought to do all that was possible to oppose the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And that is just what I did in Jerusalem. And on the authority of the chief priests, I put many of the saints in prison. And when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. Many a time went from, went from one synagogue to another to have them punished. And I tried to force them to blaspheme. And in my, and in my obsession against them, I even went to foreign cities to persecute them. And on one of these journeys, I was going to Damascus with the authority and commission of the chief priest. And about noon, 
O king, as I was on the road, I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, blazing against me and my companions. <laughs> we all fell to the ground, and I found I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? It is hard for you to kick against the gods. <laughs> then I asked, Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. The Lord replied, Now get up and stand on your feet. I have appeared to you at a point as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen of me and what I will show you. And I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I am, I am sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. So then, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the vision from heaven. First, to those in Damascus, then to those in Jerusalem and to all Judea and to the Gentiles also, I preached that they should repent and turn to God and prove their repentance by their deeds. That is why the Jews seized me in the temple courts and tried to kill me. But I have had God's help to this very day. And so I stand here and testify to small and great alike. I am saying nothing beyond what the prophets and Moses said would happen. That the Christ would suffer and as first to rise from the dead would proclaim light to his own people and to the Gentiles. And at this time, at, uh, and at this point, um, Fetus interrupted Paul's fence. You are out of your mind, Paul, he shouted. Your great learning is driving you insane. I am not insane, most excellent Fetus, Paul replied. What I am saying is true and reasonable. The king is familiar with these things, and I can speak freely to him. I am convinced that none of this has escaped his notice because it was not done in a corner. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know you do. Then Agrippa said to Paul, Do you think that in such a short time you can persuade me to be a Christian? Paul replied, Short time or long, I pray God that not only you, but all who are listening to me today may become what I am, except for these chains. The king rose, and with him the governor and Bernice, and those sitting with them. They left the room, and while talking with one another, they said, This man is not doing anything that deserves death or imprisonment. Agrippa said to Fetus, This man could have been set free if he had not appealed to Caesar. Okay. 
So this whole thing is really a political stance. And it's God's way of showing man that he has the power and the glory, that he is in control, not man. Okay. Um, I did reread uh, two, I think it was two chapters uh, from, from our last reading because I want you to get um, the whole picture as to what was happening and why. Um, we're going to stop here and we're going to pick up tomorrow on chapters 27 and we're going to complete the book of Acts. And we'll be going into the book of Romans very soon. Okay, everyone, um, let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this word today. Thank you, Father, for enlightening us and teaching us. I hope, Almighty God, that this word seeks in and be a blessing to those listening. Father, I thank you again for all that you do for us. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, everyone. This is Minister McMillan saying, have a blessed evening and good night.